Environment Today is a podcast about the current state of our planet's environment and ways to contribute to the health and prosperity of our ecosystem. Content presented by Amy and James Sharp. I'm James Sharp. And I'm Amy Sharp. All information being discussed today is from the report Climate Change 2022. Impacts, Adaptation, and Vulnerability, the IPCC's Working Group 2 Sixth Assessment Report, Summary for Policymakers. It represents key findings of the Working Group 2 contribution to the Sixth Assessment Report, AR6, of the IPCC. The report builds on the Working Group 2 contribution to the Fifth Assessment Report, AR5, of the IPCC three special reports, and the Working Group 1 contribution to the AR6 cycle. For a complete copy of this report, please visit www.ipcc.ch. Environment Today's podcast will bring this and other current scientific reports on our environment, putting these details into layman's terms as much as possible. You will receive a great deal more information than you would hear or read in short blurbs of daily news briefings. We want to bring you all the key facts in detail and then provide real-life solutions that you can implement after hearing the facts of each report. This report recognizes the interdependence of climate, ecosystems, and biodiversity and human societies, and integrates knowledge more strongly across the natural, ecological, social, and economic sciences than earlier IPCC assessments. The assessment of climate change impacts and risks, as well as adaptation, is set against concurrently unfolding non-climatic global trends. For example, biodiversity loss, overall unsustainable consumption of natural resources, land and ecosystem degradation, rapid urbanization, human demographic shifts, social and economic inequalities, and a pandemic. The scientific evidence for each key finding is found in the 18 chapters of the underlying report and in the seven cross-chapter papers, as well as the integrated synthesis presented in the technical summary. This report has a strong focus on the interactions among the coupled systems, climate, ecosystems, including their biodiversity, and human society. These following interactions are the basis of emerging risks from climate change, ecosystem degradation, and biodiversity loss, and, at the same time, offer opportunities for the future. A. Human society causes climate change. Climate change through hazards, exposure, and vulnerability generates impacts and risks that can surpass limits to adaptation and result in losses and damages. Human society can adapt to maladapt, and mitigate climate change. Ecosystems can adapt and mitigate within limits. Human society impacts ecosystems and can restore and conserve them. B. Meeting the objectives of climate-resilient development, thereby supporting human, ecosystem, and planetary health, as well as human well-being requires society and ecosystems to move over to a more resilient state. The recognition of climate risks can strengthen adaptation and mitigation actions and transitions that reduce risks. Taking action is enabled by governance, finance, knowledge, and capacity building, technology, and catalyzing conditions. Transformation entails system transitions, strengthening the resilience of ecosystems and society. The concept of risk is central to all three AR6 working groups. A risk framing and the concepts of adaptation 
vulnerability, exposure, resilience, equity and justice, and transformation provide alternative, overlapping, complementary, and widely used entry points to the literature assessed in this Working Group 2 report. Across all three AR6 working groups, risk provides a framework for understanding the increasingly severe, interconnected, and often irreversible impacts of climate change on ecosystems, biodiversity, and human systems. Differing impacts across regions, sectors, and communities. And how to best reduce adverse consequences for current and future generations. In the context of climate change, risk can arise from the dynamic interactions among climate-related hazards. See Working Group 1. The exposure and vulnerability of affected human and ecological systems. The risk can be introduced by human responses to climate change is a new aspect considered in the risk concept. This report identifies 127 key risks. The vulnerability of exposed human and natural systems is a component of risk, but also, independently, an important focus in the literature. Approaches to analyzing and assessing vulnerability have evolved since previous IPCC assessments. Vulnerability is widely understood to differ within communities and across societies, regions, and countries, also changing through time. Adaptation plays a key role in reducing exposure and vulnerability to climate change. Adaptation in ecological systems includes autonomous adjustments through ecological and evolutionary processes. In human systems, adaptation can be anticipatory or reactive, as well as incremental and or transformational. The latter changes the fundamental attributes of a social ecological system in anticipation of climate change and its impacts. Adaptation is subject to hard and soft limits. Resilience in the literature has a wide range of meanings. Adaptation is often organized around resilience as bouncing back and returning to a previous state after a disturbance. More broadly, the term describes not just the ability to maintain essential function, identity, and structure, but also the capacity for transformation. This report recognizes the value of diverse forms of knowledge, such as scientific, as well as indigenous knowledge and local knowledge in understanding and evaluating climate adaptation processes and actions to reduce risks from human-induced climate change. AR6 highlights adaptation solutions which are effective, feasible, and conform to principles of justice. The term climate justice, while used in different ways, in different contexts by different communities, generally includes three principles. One, distributive justice, which refers to the allocation of burdens and benefits among individuals, nations, and generations. Two, procedural justice, which refers to who decides and participates in decision-making. And three, recognition, which entails basic respect and robust engagement with and fair consideration of diverse cultures and perspectives. Effectiveness refers to the extent to which an action reduces vulnerability and climate-related risk, increases resilience, and avoids maladaptation. Maladaptation. Failure to adjust adequately or appropriately to the environment or situation. This report has a particular focus on transformation and system transitions in energy, land, ocean, coastal, and freshwater ecosystems urban, rural, and infrastructure, and 
industry, and society. These transitions make possible the adaptation required for high levels of human health and well-being, economic and social resilience, ecosystem health, and planetary health. These system transitions are also important for achieving the low global warming levels that would avoid many limits to adaptation. The report also assesses economic and non-economic losses and damage. This report labels the process of implementing mitigation and adaptation together in support of sustainable development for all as climate-resilient development. AR6 Common Climate Dimensions, Global Warming Levels, and Reference Periods Assessments of climate risks consider possible future climate change, societal development, and responses. This report assesses literature, including that based on climate model simulations that are part of the 5th and 6th Coupled Model Intercomparison Project Phase of the World Climate Research Program, or CMIP. Future projections are driven by emissions and or concentrations from illustrative representative concentration pathways and shared socioeconomic pathway scenarios, respectively. Climate impacts literature is based primarily on climate projections assessed in AR5 or earlier or assumed global warming levels, though some recent impacts Literature uses newer projections based on the CMIP exercise. Given differences in the impacts, literature regarding socioeconomic details and assumptions, Working Group 2 chapters contextualize impacts with respect to exposure, vulnerability, and adaptation as appropriate for their literature. This includes assessments regarding sustainable development, and climate-resilient development. There are many emissions and socioeconomic pathways that are consistent with a given global warming outcome. These represent a broad range of possibilities as available in the literature assessed that affect future climate change exposure and vulnerability. Where available, Working Group 2 also assesses literature that is based on integrative representative concentration pathways and shared socioeconomic pathways framework where climate projections obtained under the representative concentration pathways scenarios are analyzed against the backdrop of various illustrative shared socioeconomic pathways. The Working Group 2 assessment combines multiple lines of evidence, including impacts modeling driven by climate projections, observations, and process understanding. A common set of reference years and time periods are adopted for assessing climate change and its impacts and risks. The reference period 1850 through 1900 approximates pre-industrial global surface temperature, and three future reference periods cover the near-term, 2021 through 2040, mid-term, 2041 through 2060, and long-term, 2081 through 2100. Common levels of global warming relative to 1850 to 1900 are used to contextualize and facilitate analysis, synthesis, and communication of assessed past, present, and future climate change impacts and risks, considering multiple lines of evidence. Robust geographical patterns of many variables can be identified at a given level of global warming, common to all scenarios considered and independent of timing when the global warming level is reached. Working Group 1 assessed increase in global surface temperature is 1.09 degrees Celsius in 2011 through 2020, 
above 1850 to 1900. Considering all five illustrative scenarios assessed in Working Group 1, there is at least a greater than 50% likelihood that global warming will reach or exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius in the near term, even for the very low greenhouse gas emission scenario. Observed and Projected Impacts and Risks Since AR5, the knowledge base on observed and projected impacts and risks generated by climate hazards, exposure, and vulnerability has increased, with impacts attributed to climate change and key risks identified across the report. Impacts and risks are expressed in terms of their damages, harms, economic, and non-economic losses. Risks from observed vulnerabilities and responses to climate change are highlighted. Risks are projected for the near term, 2021 to 2040, the midterm, 2041 to 2060, and long term, 2081 to 2100. At different global warming levels and for pathways that overshoot 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming level for multiple decades. Complex risks result from multiple climate hazards occurring concurrently and from multiple risks interacting, compounding overall risk, and resulting in risks transmitting through interconnected systems and across regions. Observed Impacts from Climate Change What have humans done to cause climate change? Human-induced climate change, including more frequent and intense extreme events, has caused widespread adverse impacts and related losses and damages to nature and people beyond natural climate variability. Some development and adaptation efforts have reduced vulnerability. Across sectors and regions, the most vulnerable people in systems are observed to be disproportionately affected. The rise in weather and climate extremes has led to some irreversible impacts as natural and human systems are pushed beyond their ability to adapt. Widespread, pervasive impacts to ecosystems, people, settlements, and infrastructure have resulted from observed increases in the frequency and intensity of climate and weather extremes, including hot extremes on land and in the ocean, heavy precipitation events, drought, and fire weather. Increasingly since AR5, these observed impacts have been attributed to human-induced climate change, particularly through increased frequency and severity of extreme events. These include increased heat-related human mortality, warm water coral bleaching and mortality, and increased drought-related tree mortality. Observed increases in areas burned by wildfires have been attributed to human-induced climate change in some regions. Adverse impacts from tropical cyclones with related losses and damages have increased due to sea level rise and the increase in heavy precipitation. Impacts in natural and human systems from slow onset processes such as ocean acidification, sea level rise, or regional decreases in precipitation have also been attributed to human-induced climate change. What impact has there been on marine ecosystems? Climate change has caused substantial damages and increasingly irreversible losses in terrestrial, freshwater, and coastal and open ocean marine ecosystems. The extent and magnitude of climate change impacts are larger than estimated in previous assessments. 
widespread deterioration of ecosystem structure and function, resilience, and natural adaptive capacity, as well as shifts in seasonal timing, have occurred due to climate change with adverse socioeconomic consequences. Approximately half of the species assessed globally have shifted polewards or, on land, also to higher elevations. Hundreds of local losses of species have been driven by increases in the magnitude of heat extremes, as well as mass mortality events on land and in the ocean, and loss of kelp forests. Some losses are already irreversible, such as the first species extinctions driven by climate change. Other impacts are approaching irreversibility, such as the impacts of hydrological changes resulting from the retreat of glaciers or the changes in some mountain and Arctic ecosystems driven by permafrost thaw. Has there been a change in food and water availability? Climate change, including increases in frequency and intensity of extremes, have reduced food and water security, hindering efforts to meet sustainable development goals. Although overall agricultural productivity has increased, climate change has slowed this growth over the past 50 years globally. Related negative impacts were mainly in mid- and low-latitude regions, but positive impacts occurred in some high-latitude regions. Ocean warming and ocean acidification have already adversely affected food production from shellfish, aquaculture, and fisheries in some oceanic regions. Increasing weather and climate extreme events have exposed millions of people to acute food insecurity and reduced water security, with the largest impacts observed in many locations and or communities in Africa, Asia, Central and South America, small islands, and the Arctic. Jointly, sudden losses of food production and access to food, compounded by decreased diet diversity, have increased malnutrition in many communities, especially for indigenous peoples. Small-scale food producers and low-income households with children, elderly people, and pregnant women particularly impacted. Roughly half of the world's population currently experience severe water scarcity for at least some part of the year due to climatic and non-climatic drivers. How will this affect the physical and mental health of people around the world? Climate change has adversely affected physical health of people globally and mental health of people in the assessed regions. Climate change impacts on health are mediated through natural and human systems, including economic and social conditions and disruptions. In all regions, extreme heat events have resulted in human mortality and morbidity. The occurrence of climate-related foodborne and waterborne diseases has increased, the incidence of vector-borne diseases has increased from range expansion and or increased reproduction of disease vectors. By vector-borne, we mean something that can transmit an infectious organism, be it a bacterium, a virus, or a parasite, to a human. Animal and human diseases, including zoonoses, are emerging in new areas. A zoonosis is an infectious disease caused by a pathogen that has jumped from an animal to a human. Water and foodborne disease risks have increased regionally from climate-sensitive aquatic pathogens, including Vibrio SPP, and from toxic substances from harmful freshwater cyanobacteria. Vibriosis causes an estimated 80,000 illnesses and 100 deaths in the United States every year. People with vibriosis become infected by consuming raw or undercooked seafood 
or exposing a wound to seawater. Most infections occur from May through October when water temperatures are warmer. Cyanobacteria, also called blue-green algae, are an ancient group of photosynthetic microbes that occur in most inland waters and that can have major effects on the water quality and functioning of aquatic ecosystems. Although diarrheal diseases have decreased globally, higher temperatures, increased rain and flooding have increased the occurrence of diarrheal diseases, including cholera and other gastrointestinal infections. In assessed regions, some mental health challenges are associated with increasing temperatures, trauma from weather and climate extreme events, and loss of livelihoods and culture. Increased exposure to wildfire smoke, atmospheric dust, and aeroallergens have been associated with climate-sensitive cardiovascular and respiratory distress. Health services have been disrupted by extreme events, such as floods. In urban settings, observed climate change has caused impacts on human health, livelihoods, and key infrastructure. Multiple climate and non-climate hazards impact cities, settlements, and infrastructure, and sometimes coincide magnifying damage. Hot extremes, including heat waves, have intensified in cities where they have also aggravated air pollution events and limited functioning of key infrastructure. Observed impacts are concentrated among the economically and socially marginalized urban residents for example, in informal settlements. Infrastructure, including transportation, water, sanitation, and energy systems, have been compromised by extreme and slow-onset events, with resulting economic losses, disruption of services, and impacts to well-being. What does all this mean to our big picture for today and the future? Overall adverse economic impacts attributable to climate change, including slow onset and extreme weather events, have been increasingly identified. Some positive economic effects have been identified in regions that have benefited from lower energy demand as well as comparative advantages in agricultural markets and tourism. Conversely, Economic damages from climate change have been detected in climate-exposed sectors, with regional effects to agriculture, forestry, fishery, energy, and tourism, and through outdoor labor productivity. Some extreme weather events, such as tropical cyclones, have reduced economic growth in the short term. Non-climatic factors include some patterns of settlement, and siting of infrastructure have contributed to the exposure of more assets to extreme climate hazards, increasing the magnitude of the losses. Individual livelihoods have been affected through changes in agricultural productivity, impacts on human health and food security, destruction of homes and infrastructure, and loss of property and income, with adverse effects on gender, and social equality. Climate change is contributing to humanitarian crises where climate hazards interact with high vulnerability. Climate and weather extremes are increasingly driving displacement in all regions, with small island states disproportionately affected. Flood and drought-related acute food insecurity and malnutrition have increased in Africa and Central and South America. While non-climatic factors are the dominant drivers of existing intrastate violent conflicts, in some assessed regions, extreme weather and climate events have had a small adverse impact on their length, severity, or frequency, but the statistical association is weak. Through displacement and involuntary migration from extreme weather and climate events, climate change has generated and perpetuated vulnerability. 
vulnerability and exposure of ecosystems and people. Vulnerability of ecosystems and people to climate change differs substantially among and within regions, driven by patterns of intersecting socioeconomic development, unsustainable ocean and land use, inequity, marginalization, historical and ongoing patterns of inequity, such as colonialism and governance. Approximately 3.3 to 3.6 billion people live in contexts that are highly vulnerable to climate change. A high proportion of species is vulnerable to climate change. Human and ecosystem vulnerability are interdependent. Current unsustainable development patterns are increasing exposure of ecosystems and people to climate hazards. Since AR5, there is increasing evidence that degradation and destruction of ecosystems by humans increases the vulnerability of people. Unsustainable land use and land cover change. Unsustainable use of natural resources. Deforestation. Loss of biodiversity. Pollution and their interactions adversely affect the capacities of ecosystems, societies, communities, and individuals to adapt to climate change. Loss of ecosystems and their services has cascading and long-term impacts on people globally, especially for indigenous people and local communities who are directly dependent on ecosystems to meet basic needs. Non-climatic human-induced factors exacerbate current ecosystem vulnerability to climate change. Globally, and even within protected areas, unsustainable use of natural resources, habitat fragmentation, and ecosystem damage by pollutants increase ecosystem vulnerability to climate change. Globally, Less than 15% of the land, 21% of the freshwater, and 8% of the ocean are protected areas. In most protected areas, there is insufficient stewardship to contribute to reducing damage from or increasing resilience to climate change. Future vulnerability of ecosystems to climate change will be strongly influenced by the past, present, and future development of human society, including from overall unsustainable consumption and production and increasing demographic pressures, as well as persistent unsustainable use and management of land, ocean, and water. Projected climate change combined with non-climatic drivers will cause loss and degradation of much of the world's forests, coral reefs, and low-lying coastal wetlands. While agricultural development contributes to food security, unsustainable agricultural expansion, driven in part by unbalanced diets, increases ecosystem and human vulnerability and leads to competition for land and or water resources. Regions and people with considerable development constraints have high vulnerability to climatic hazards. Global hotspots of high human vulnerability are found particularly in West, Central, and East Africa, South Asia, Central and South America, small island developing states, and the Arctic. Vulnerability is higher in locations with poverty, governance challenges, and limited access to basic services and resources, violent conflict, and high levels of climate-sensitive livelihoods. For example, smallholder farmers, pastoralists, fishing communities. Between 2010 and 2020, human mortality from floods, droughts, and storms was 15 times higher in highly vulnerable regions compared to regions with very low vulnerability. 
Vulnerability at different spatial levels is exacerbated by inequity and marginalization linked to gender, ethnicity, low income, or combinations thereof, especially for many indigenous peoples and local communities. Present development challenges causing high vulnerability are influenced by historical and ongoing patterns of inequity, such as colonialism, especially for many indigenous peoples and local communities. Future human vulnerability will continue to concentrate where the capacities of local, municipal, and national governments, communities, and the private sector are least able to provide infrastructures and basic services. Under the global trend of urbanization, human vulnerability will also concentrate in informal settlements and rapidly growing smaller settlements. In rural areas, vulnerability will be heightened by compounding processes including high immigration, reduced habitability, and high reliance on climate-sensitive livelihoods. Key infrastructure systems, including sanitation, water, health, transport, communications, and energy will be increasingly vulnerable if design standards do not account for changing climate conditions. Vulnerability will also rapidly rise in low-lying small island developing states and atolls in the context of sea level rise and in some mountain regions, already characterized by high vulnerability due to high dependence on climate-sensitive livelihoods, rising population displacement, and the accelerating loss of ecosystem services and limited adaptive capacities. Future exposure to climatic hazards is also increasing globally due to socioeconomic development trends, including migration, growing inequality, and urbanization. Risks in the Near Term, 2021 to 2040. Global warming, reaching one and a half degrees Celsius in the near term, would cause unavoidable increases in multiple climate hazards and prevent multiple risks to ecosystems and humans. The level of risk will depend on concurrent near-term trends in vulnerability, exposure, level of socioeconomic development, and adaptation. Near-term actions that limit global warming to close to 1.5 degrees Celsius would substantially reduce projected losses and damages related to climate change in human systems and ecosystems compared to higher warming levels, but cannot eliminate them all. Near-term warming and increased frequency, severity, and duration of extreme events will place many terrestrial, freshwater, coastal, and marine ecosystems at high or very high risks of biodiversity loss. Near-term risks for biodiversity loss are moderate to high in forest ecosystems, kelp and seagrass ecosystems, and high to very high in Arctic sea ice and terrestrial ecosystems and warm water coral reefs. Continued and accelerating sea level rise will encroach on coastal settlements and infrastructure and commit low-lying coastal ecosystems to submergence and loss. If trends in urbanization in exposed areas continue, this will exacerbate the impacts with more challenges where energy, water, and other services are constrained. The number of people at risk from climate change and associated loss of biodiversity will progressively increase. Violent conflict and separately migration patterns in the near term will be driven by socioeconomic conditions and governance more than by climate change. In the near term, climate-associated risks to natural and human systems depend more strongly on changes in their vulnerability and exposure than on differences in climate hazards between emission scenarios. Regional differences exist 
and risks are highest where species and people exist close to their upper thermal limits, along coastlines, in close association with ice or seasonal rivers. Risks are also high where multiple non-climate drivers persist or where vulnerability is otherwise elevated. Many of these risks are unavoidable in the near term, irrespective of emission scenario. Several risks can be moderated with adaptation. Levels of risk for all reasons for concern are assessed to become high to very high at lower global warming levels than in AR5. Between 1.2 degrees Celsius and 4.5 degrees Celsius global warming level, very high risks emerge in all five reasons for concern compared to just two reasons for concern in AR5. Two of these transitions from high to very high risk are associated with near-term warming. Risks to unique and threatened systems at a median value of 1.5 degrees Celsius and risks associated with extreme weather events at a median value of 2 degrees Celsius. Some key risks contributing to the reasons for concern are projected to lead to widespread, pervasive, and potentially irreversible impacts at global warming levels of 1.5 to 2 degrees Celsius if exposure and vulnerability are high and adaptation is low. Mid to long-term risks, 2041 to 2100. Beyond 2040, and depending on the level of global warming, climate change will lead to numerous risks to natural and human systems. For 127 identified key risks, assessed mid- and long-term impacts are up to multiple times higher than currently observed. The magnitude and rate of climate change and associated risks depend strongly on near-term mitigation and adaptation actions. Projected adverse impacts and related losses and damages escalate with every increment of global warming. In the future, will there be loss of species through extinction due to climate change? Biodiversity loss and degradation, damages to, and transformation of ecosystems are already key risks for every region due to past global warming and will continue to escalate with every increment of global warming. In terrestrial ecosystems, 3 to 14% of species assessed will likely face very high risk of extinction at global warming levels of 1.5 degrees Celsius, increasing up to 3 to 18% at 2 degrees Celsius, increasing 3 to 29% at 3 degrees Celsius, increasing 3 to 39% at 4 degrees Celsius, and increasing 3 to 48% at 5 degrees Celsius. In ocean and coastal ecosystems, risk of biodiversity loss ranges between moderate and very high by 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming level and is moderate to very high by 2 degrees Celsius, but with more ecosystems at high and very high risk and increases to high to very high across most ocean and coastal ecosystems by 3 degrees Celsius. Very high extinction risk for endemic species in biodiversity hotspots is projected to at least double from 2% between 1.5 degrees Celsius and 2 degrees Celsius global warming levels, and to increase at at least tenfold if warming rises from 1.5 degrees Celsius to 3 degrees Celsius. Numbers of species assessed are in the tens of thousands globally. The term very high risks of extinction 
is used here consistently. And this criteria equates with critically endangered within the International Union for Conservation of Nature or IUCN categories. Risks to our water and soil are increasing in the mid to long term. Risks in physical water availability and water-related hazards will continue to increase by the mid to long term in all assessed regions, with greater risk at higher global warming levels. At approximately 2 degrees Celsius global warming, snowmelt water availability for irrigation is projected to decline in some snowmelt-dependent river basins by up to 20%, and global glacier mass loss is projected to diminish water availability for agriculture, hydropower, and human settlements in the mid to long term, with these changes projected to double with 4 degrees Celsius global warming. In small islands, groundwater availability is threatened by climate change. Changes to stream flow magnitude, timing, and associated extremes are projected to adversely impact freshwater ecosystems in many watersheds by the mid to long term across all assessed scenarios. Projected increases in direct flood damages are higher by 1.4 to 2 times at 2 degrees Celsius and higher 2.5 to 3.9 times at 3 degrees Celsius compared to 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming without adaptation. At global warming of 4 degrees Celsius, approximately 10% of the global land area is projected to face increases in both extreme high and low river flows in the same location with implications for planning for all water use sectors. Challenges for water management will be exacerbated in the near, mid, and long term depending on the magnitude, rate, and regional details of future climate change and will be particularly challenging for regions with constrained resources for water management. Climate change will increasingly put pressure on food production and access, especially in vulnerable regions, undermining food security and nutrition. Increases in frequency, intensity, and severity of droughts, floods and heat waves, and continued sea level rise will increase risks to food security in vulnerable regions from moderate to high between 1.5 degrees Celsius and 2 degrees Celsius global warming level, with no or low levels of adaptation. At 2 degrees Celsius or higher, global warming level in the midterm, food security risks due to climate change will be more severe leading to malnutrition and micronutrient deficiencies. Concentrated in sub-Saharan Africa, South Asia, Central and South America, and small islands. Global warming will progressively weaken soil health and ecosystem services, such as pollination, increase pressure from pests and diseases, and reduce marine animal biomass undermining food productivity in many regions on land and in the ocean. At 3 degrees Celsius or higher, global warming levels in the long term, areas exposed to climate-related hazards, will expand substantially compared with 2 degrees Celsius or lower global warming level, exacerbating regional disparity and food security risks. Climate change and related extreme events will significantly increase ill health and premature deaths from the near to long term. Globally, population exposure to heat waves will continue to increase with additional warming, with strong geographical differences in heat-related mortality without additional adaptation. Climate-sensitive foodborne, waterborne, and vector-borne disease risks are projected to increase under all levels of warming without additional adaptation. In particular, dengue risk will increase with longer seasons 
and a wider geographic distribution in Asia, Europe, Central and South America, and Sub-Saharan Africa, potentially putting additional billions of people at risk by the end of the century. Mental health challenges, including anxiety and stress, are expected to increase under further global warming in all assessed regions, particularly for children, adolescents, elderly, and those with underlying health conditions. Climate change risks to cities, settlements, and key infrastructure will rise rapidly in the mid and long term, with further global warming, especially in places already exposed to high temperatures along coastlines or with high vulnerabilities. Globally, population change in low-lying cities and settlements will lead to approximately a billion people projected to be at risk from coastal-specific climate hazards in the midterm, under all scenarios, including in small islands. The population potentially exposed to a 100-year coastal flood is projected to increase by about 20% if global mean sea level rises by 0.15 meters relative to 2020 levels. This exposed population doubles at 0.75 meters rise in mean sea level and triples at 1.4 meters without population change and additional adaptation. Sea level rise poses an existential threat for some small islands and some low-lying coasts. By 2100, the value of global assets within the future 1 in 100-year coastal floodplains is projected to be between U.S. $7.9 to $14.2 trillion under various scenarios. Costs for maintenance and reconstruction of urban infrastructure, including building, transportation, and energy, will increase with global warming levels. The associated functional disruptions are projected to be substantial, particularly for cities, settlements, and infrastructure located on permafrost in cold regions and on coasts. Projected estimates of global aggregate net economic damages generally increase non-linearly with global warming levels. The wide range of global estimates and the lack of comparability between methodologies does not allow for identification of a robust range of estimates. The existence of higher estimates than assessed in AR5 indicate that global aggregate economic impacts could be higher than previous estimates. Significant regional variation in aggregate economic damages from climate change is projected with estimated economic damages per capita for developing countries often higher as a fraction of income. Economic damages, including both those represented and those not represented in economic markets, are projected to be lower at 1.5 degrees Celsius than at 3 degrees Celsius or higher global warming levels. In the mid to long term, displacement will increase with intensification of heavy precipitation and associated flooding, tropical cyclones, drought, and increasingly sea level rise. At progressive levels of warming, involuntary migration from regions with high exposure and low adaptive capacity would occur. Compared to other socioeconomic factors, the influence of climate on conflict is assessed as relatively weak. Along long-term socioeconomic pathways that reduce non-climatic drivers, risk of violent conflict would decline. At higher global warming levels, Impacts of weather and climate extremes, particularly drought, by increasing vulnerability, will increasingly affect violent intrastate conflict. Complex, Compound, and Cascading Risks Climate change impacts and risks are becoming increasingly complex and more difficult to manage. Multiple climate hazards will occur simultaneously, 
and multiple climatic and non-climatic risks will interact, resulting in compounding overall risks and risks cascading across sectors and regions. Some responses to climate change result in new impacts and risks. Concurrent and repeated climate hazards occur in all regions, increasing impacts and risks to health, ecosystems, infrastructure, livelihoods, and food. Multiple risks interact, generating new sources of vulnerability to climate hazards and compounding overall risk. Increasing concurrence of heat and drought events are causing crop production losses and tree mortality. Above 1.5 degrees Celsius, global warming increasing concurrent climate extremes will increase risk of simultaneous crop losses of maize in major food-producing regions, with this risk increasing further with higher global warming levels. Future sea level rise combined with storm surge and heavy rainfall, will increase compound flood risks. Risks to health and food production will be made more severe from the interaction of sudden food production losses from heat and drought, exacerbated by heat-induced labor productivity losses. These interacting impacts will increase food prices, reduce household incomes, and lead to health risks of malnutrition and climate-related mortality, with no or low levels of adaptation, especially in tropical regions. Risks to food safety from climate change will further compound the risks to health by increasing food contamination of crops from mycotoxins and contamination of seafood from harmful algal blooms, mycotoxins, and chemical contaminants. Adverse impacts from climate hazards and resulting risks are cascading across sectors and regions, propagating impacts along coasts and urban centers and in mountain regions. These hazards and cascading risks also trigger tipping points in sensitive ecosystems and in significantly and rapidly changing socio-ecological systems impacted by ice melt, permafrost thaw, and changing hydrology in polar regions. Wildfires in many regions have affected ecosystems and species, people and their built assets, economic activity, and health. In cities and settlements, climate impacts to key infrastructure are leading to losses and damages across water and food systems and affect economic activity, with impacts extending beyond the area directly impacted by the climate hazard. In Amazonia and in some mountain regions, cascading impacts from climatic, for example heat, and non-climatic stressors, for example land use change, will result in irreversible and severe losses of ecosystem services and biodiversity at 2 degrees Celsius global warming level and beyond. Unavoidable sea level rise will bring cascading and compounding impacts, resulting in losses of coastal ecosystems and ecosystem services, groundwater salinization, flooding, and damages to coastal infrastructure that cascade into risks to livelihoods, settlements, health, well-being, food and water security, and cultural values in the near to long term. Weather and climate extremes are causing economic and societal impacts across national boundaries through supply chain, markets, and natural resource flows with increasing transboundary risks projected across the water, energy, and food sectors. Supply chains that rely on specialized commodities and key infrastructure can be disrupted by weather and climate extreme events. Climate change causes the redistribution of marine fish stocks, increasing risk of transboundary management conflicts among fishery users, and negatively affecting equitable distribution of food provisioning services as fish stocks shift from lower to higher latitude regions 
thereby increasing the need for climate-informed transboundary management and cooperation. Precipitation and water availability changes increase the risk of planned infrastructure projects, such as hydropower in some regions, having reduced productivity for food and energy sectors, including across countries that share river basins. Is it possible we are making climate change worse when trying to implement change for the better? Risks arise from some responses that are intended to reduce the risks of climate change, including risks from maladaptation and adverse side effects from some emission reduction and carbon dioxide removal measures. Deployment of afforestation of naturally unforested land or poorly implemented bioenergy with or without carbon capture and storage can compound climate-related risks to biodiversity, water and food security, and livelihoods, especially if implemented at large scales, especially in regions with insecure land tenure. Solar radiation modification approaches, if they were to be implemented, introduce a widespread range of new risks to people and ecosystems, which are not well understood. Solar radiation modification approaches have potential to offset warming and ameliorate some climate hazards, but substantial residual climate change or overcompensating change would occur at regional scales and seasonal time scales. Large uncertainties and knowledge gaps are associated with the potential of solar radiation modification approaches to reduce climate change risks. Solar radiation modification would not stop atmospheric CO2 concentrations from increasing or reduce ocean acidification under current continued human-caused emissions. What are some impacts of passing the warming threshold goals that have been set? If global warming transiently exceeds 1.5 degrees Celsius in the coming decades or later, then many human and natural systems will face additional severe risks compared to remaining below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Depending on the magnitude and duration of overshoot, some impacts will cause release of additional greenhouse gases and some will be irreversible even if global warming is reduced after the overshoot. While model-based assessments of the impacts of overshoot pathways are limited, observations and current understanding of processes permit assessment of impacts from overshoot. Additional warming, for example, above 1.5 degrees Celsius during an overshoot period this century, will result in irreversible impacts on certain ecosystems with low resilience, such as polar, mountain, and coastal ecosystems impacted by ice sheet, glacier melt, or by accelerating and higher committed sea level rise. Risks to human systems will increase, including those to infrastructure, low-lying coastal settlements, some ecosystem-based adaptation measures, and associated livelihoods, cultural, and spiritual values. Projected impacts are less severe with shorter duration and lower levels of overshoot. Risks of severe impacts increase with every additional increment of global warming during overshoot. In high-carbon ecosystems, currently storing 3,000 to 4,000 gigatons of carbon. Such impacts are already observed and are projected to increase with every additional increment of global warming, such as increased wildfires, mass mortality of trees, drying of peatlands, and thawing of permafrost, weakening natural land carbon sinks, and increasing releases of greenhouse gases. The resulting contribution to a potential amplification of global warming indicates 
that a return to a given global warming level or below would be more challenging. This concludes part one of Climate Change 2022, Impacts, Adaptation, and Vulnerability report from the IPCC. Join us next time to learn more about adaptation and what we can do to ensure our future success globally. Thank you for joining me in learning about these findings and how we can help the environment today.